Next up on the Mutual Audio Network, fiction from our future. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that all children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. I didn't think I was going to get any work today, but then you walked in and suddenly I was the only one in the room. I guess I just got lucky. Well, I'm really glad that you've hired me. I've just graduated from freelance secretary school, and even though it says my name is Holly Metcalf on the form, feel free to call me Holly. I've come completely prepared. I've brought my stapler and my positronic calculator and a quill and fresh ink, and I especially brought the highest heels I could find. Brand new for this job. I haven't even scuffed them. The small car struggled through the endless night. It was raining hard outside. More than cats and dogs, more like elephants and rhinos. And here I was, stuck in this little two-seater with this yapping box of a woman. It was finally getting to me. And to make things worse, I think the car was actually going to break down, and then I'd be stuck with her and her endless rants. It was time to put this dame in her place. Meet calves. Metcalf. Dear, I know you're really excited about this job. But you gotta remember the chief reason you're here is to handle the pins. Don't stress the heavy stuff. That's why I have the briefcase. I expect you to stay presentable and attentive. Be ready when I need you. As you know, I'm Dick Donimo, the fifth dimensional man. But I'm also Dick Donimo, the fifth dimensional intergalactic notary. And I take my job very seriously. You're also the Nint? Yes, correct. The notary, Quint. I've seen newsreels about you. Don't let it go to your head. Now the reason I hired you is because I could see your heaving talents from across the room. Let's get our heads back in the game. Three things you've got to know. First, know when to hand off your pen. Many notaries have been flubbed by improper pen handling. Number two, never challenge my authority in front of a client by making eye contact with me. And the third rule, keep this on you at all times. Never, I mean never lose this. What is this? It's a cyanide capsule. It's your best friend if they capture you. What? Who's going to capture me? It happened last Tuesday. Strangely, I'm not like this. With a secretary that looked a lot like you. I believe her name was Jolly Neckfat, or Meatbacks. I knew her. Her name was Patricia Smith. She's been missing all week. Anyways, we were heading to a notary rendezvous in these very woods. Everything was going swimmingly. But just as we had wrapped up, it turned out it was a trap. My clients, they were Eminox, secretary-hating aliens from Gorbelslock Nups. They were crafty. They knew that I would never succumb to torture. So instead, they tortured Miss Neckfat in hopes that my conscience would get the better of me. But I shed that ball and chain a long time ago. Oh my god, the things they did to her. They started by pulling off every one of her... <laughs> Then those sadistic bastards crushed her <laughs> Then with her mangled <laughs> Her contorted and singed fleshy Walloped <laughs> her with my Vivisected <laughs> her kidneys with a rusty <laughs> Carved her dripping spleen into a Finally, she succumbed to death's sweet embrace. But maybe if I would have thought about the cyanide pill earlier, her suffering could have been cut short. She was the best. Kept meticulous notes to the very end. If you would like to review her horrendous death, 
and is all recorded here in her final notes. I'm sorry, too many details. Well, you want to listen to some radio? Maybe some dance music would lighten things up. This just in. Killer handsome Fred the Gut Ripper is on the loose. Last seen posing as a notary. His favorite prey is young, nubile girls. Funny. The car died. This happened last time, too. Hush. My sweet, tender meat cat. Wait, wait, calm down. Where the hell are you going? Hey, don't, don't go out there. Come back with my pants. The car is experiencing paper lock, Quinn. Oh, um. Quinn, she was a bottle blonde crazy anyway. This and much more next week on the Sonic Society. This is Jack Ward, signing off. Good night. This Justin from the future. Dick Dynamo was the premier test pilot for the USAF. On the mission in the new experimental AS-400 rocket, a malfunction occurred, thrusting him into a tear in the fabric of time and space. He acquired knowledge of the fifth dimensional arts. And now, with his computational briefcase possessing powers far beyond those of mere mortal briefcases, he is. Dick Dynamo, the fifth dimensional man. I drove through the old rusted iron gate entrance to the neglected estate. The cobblestone blade had decaying peach trees lining each side. As my car rambled towards the mansion, I noticed the two wings of the structure seemed to reach toward me as if they were dilapidated arms from the grave. I parked the car in the courtyard near the main entrance. Two ghostly lights illuminated windows on the third story, like eyes gazing at my masculine posture. As I approached the house, my feet slightly sank into the rotting porch. At the entrance stood a strange old man wearing a pristine black suit with long dragging coattails. He madly pounded on the double front doors. There, there. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Calm down. Calm down. Hush, my sweet. The old man turned toward me to regard my presence. Ah. Uh, Hello, sir. I know this looks to be queer, but I assure you, I am not Rock Hudson. The pallid face in front of me looked like a skull covered in thin, wrinkly skin. His hook-like nose arched from his eyes down to his mouth, and appeared as if he had chewed the end off. I am very proud of my skull-like appearance, but I have never chewed off the end of my nose. That was lost in the Great War. Oh, um... One moment, if you please, sir. This'll be alright. Calm down. Hush, my sweet one. Hush. Let your cares be taken away 
on the wings of sky crabs in the darkling sky. Sir, my name is Harold T. Wembley, at your service. You must be Mr. Dynamo, the intergalactic notary we sent for. You are a little late for dinner. The others are waiting for your arrival in the dining hall. What happened to this place? It's dirtier than Mayor White's marriage certificate. I know what you're thinking, sir. But this house was once a place of great grandeur and grace. Incredible balls and occasions of the highest class were held here on a regular basis. I was once married to a gorgeous woman and had five beautiful children. I methodically crushed all their skulls with a thesaurus in the study on the third floor. What was that? I was just saying there were five former patriarchs of this great house. The current master, Jean van Baum, is not long for this world, and his son will soon take over. Have you seen the new Rock Hudson movie? I've seen it six times at the local matinee. Here we are at the dining hall, sir. Step this way. Hair. Must comb my silky hair. I entered the colossal two-story dining hall. Lavish, but neglected chandeliers loomed overhead and shed a gloomy light over the dinner party. The lengthy table was covered with a yellow ornate cloth. On top of the table were several candelabras of tarnished silver. The night's feast consisted of food that catered to the delicate taste of society's upper crust. At the far end of the table sat the fragile millionaire in his elaborate aluminum wheelchair throne. Above him hung an enormous oil painting of Von Baum in his younger days, stroking a dead horse. His steely blue eyes pierced the very soul. Oh, you have finally arrived. Mr. Dynamo, please, please, be seated. I took a seat directly opposite of the wealthy patriarch. The other guests fell silent and stared at me like a murder of crows measuring me up for the pecking order. Uh, thank you. That's some butler you have there. Oh, yes, Mr. Wembley. A bit eccentric, but a good loyal man. But I'm being rude. Let me introduce you to my other guest. To my right is my brother Percy, and his little shadow, Christopher. Oh brother, you are such a silly. Isn't he such a card, Christopher? Didn't I tell you he was funny? <laughs> quite, quite. <laughs> yes. Well, I had to manage the estate. After father died, you went off to that fancy acting school in New York, where you learned to be a well-rounded hack. <laughs> and I might add a bit about you dipping the kettle. You do have such a sense of humor, brother. And to my left is my charming neighbor, Miss Margot. And when I say charming, I mean in the same way that warts love her face. <laughs> like an unwanted fruitcake on the holidays. <laughs> well, you didn't mind tilling my garden. Might I remind you, you have stored your tools in my shed a many a time. Well, I wouldn't touch your mulch. It 
it's infected with aphids. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and drop dead, freedom cabbage face lips? I hate you. <laughs> oh, and this pleasant young lad is Miss Margot's bastard son, Anthony. Mind your fingers around him. He might bite one off. Bitch. Behave yourself, Tubby. <laughs> You're a nasty old man, nasty face. And that barish pig of a man to your right is Tex Bahas. Former billionaire. Unfortunately, he's a compulsive spender at the end of his rope. You're a real piece of work, Mr. Bonbon. Maybe if your rump wasn't so tight, you might cramp out a quarter to fix this place up. Unlike you, I've managed my estates well. <clears throat> Instead of spending it on elephant man bones and Nigerian baseball cards. Oh, and remember, you're not here by my invitation, Mr. Bahas. <laughs> oh, good. I'll murder you. And now, to your left, Mr. Dynamo, is the only other man at this table that I have any respect. Meet Buford T. Meeks, the executor of my estate. <coughs> it's a pleasure to meet you, Mr. Dynamo. I've heard much about your work. Thank you, Buford. But, uh, where's your son, Mr. Von Baum? The butler mentioned... Son? I have no son! You mustn't believe everything that Mr. Wembley, my butler, says. Years of service has eaten away at his sanity. I met him back in the Great Great War when he saved my life by devouring the game green off the gash near my upper thigh. He has served me well ever since. <laughs> That's a good man. A very noble act. Soon I will expire. And my vast estates <laughs> will be passed on to my heir. Then I'll be free of you portly buzzards and your psychophantic chatter. At midnight tonight, I will announce my beneficiary, and to hell with the rest of you. I shall now retire to my study to make final preparations. Mr. Dynamo <coughs> and Mr. Meeks, please join me there in half an hour. Wembley, assist me. Yes, sir. Let's get you to your favorite chair, and I'll bring you a bowl of caramel-covered locusts, and a warm glass of Cambodian breast milk. Enjoy the rest of your meal, bastards, and good evening. And with that, Bomb Bomb was wheeled out of the dining room by his ungainly manservant. Finally, that rolling pile of roach food is left. Oh god, I couldn't even chew my roasted quail in the presence of his toothless gaping maw. Well, you've only had to deal with him for a night. I've had to live next to him for the last 40 wretched years. Last year, he tried to stick his malnourished bingle tigers on my darling Anthony. 
they caught me. Well, when, my, when they bit my legs, their jaws snapped backwards. <laughs> I, I shot them with my little brown bear and happy little shooter's air rifle. Well, hey there, partner. You're that fifth dimensional man, ain't you? Let me see your computational light box. Um, sure. But, don't touch. Boy, that's a doozy. The fat, greasy Texan's slathering jaws were an inch away from my nose. Look at it light up and bleep bloop, that paper everywheres. I'll give you a million for it. Uh, no, I'm sorry, I couldn't possibly sell it. Two million! His pig-like snout dripped snot on his upper lip while his spittle splattered my face. Come on, son. It'll look great next to my dodo egg ashtrays. No. Three million. Are you stupid, boy? I just offered you three million for your Yankee Doodle light box. I said it isn't for sale, but can I interest you in one of these? Uh, How about one of these? Uh, Try this one on for size. Uh, How about one from aisle six? Uh, this one's on special. Two, four, one! Alright, fine. <laughs> oh, forget this dynamo. You'll pay. You'll all pay. Well, I must say, that's less than he deserved, Mr. Dynamo. But it's good someone finally put that pig in his place. Well, I don't see any point sitting around here staring at all your ugly mugs. Let's go, my precious Anthony. Lawyer, you filthy fighting yams! Yes, let us retire, Christopher. We must work on our acting parts for stamens and blossoms. Nothing like a good smoke to cool my coals after beating the hell out of a man. I'm sorry, Mr. Dynamo. There's no smoking in the house. It hurts the circulating air. Um, sorry. There are things, small things, that need to eat, Mr. Dynamo. They consume larger things. The bone, the gristle, the marrow. I told you to stop! With the smoking? I already put it out. Mr. Dynamo, he's not talking to you. I'll give you to the count of... Three, seven, six, I'm taking off my belt, nine, I'll whip your boiler! Well, I've had my fill of this hornet's nest. Let's get this done. Mr. Meeks, the exec, and I headed upstairs to the study. On the way, we heard Mr. Wembley whipping the boiler in the basement, sobbing and screaming. Here we are, Mr. Dynamo. Mr. Von Baum! Mr. Von Baum! Open the door! The door's locked! Sir, are you alright? Move aside! My God! Mr. Von Baum! Look at him! Mr. Dynamo, he's lying on the floor. His face is pale as death. Yes, Mr. Meeks. Yes. That's what a man looks like when he's been murdered. We will return.
return to Dick Dynamo in one moment. But now, a word from our sponsors. Oh, Miss Parker, you're back again. Yes, my husband has already gone through that carton of Tarmine cigarettes I bought him this morning, and now he sends me to the store for more. Honestly, I don't know why he smokes so much. Do you think he's being unfaithful? Well, did you know your lungs are being attacked by harmful bacteria and airborne pollutants every day? No. The special tar-based formula in Tarmine cigarettes coats every pore of your lungs in an impenetrable shield of protectant to keep your lungs healthy and strong. Wow. So, you understand, Miss Parker, he's smoking to make sure he has a long, healthy life for you and your children. I never knew. That's right, listener. Your lungs are being attacked every day by airborne hazards such as bacteria, viruses, and mustard gas. Remember, Tarmine Cigarettes does more than tickle your cupuscles, it also protects your lungs for years to come. Now, we return to Dick Dynamo in the case of the unfortunate heir. Mr. Von Baum's Cambodian breast milk mustache glistened on his terror-stricken death mask. The lantern-lit study illuminated his steely blue gaze as it pierced the pearly pillars of heaven. My brother, killed in the flower of his twilight. I'm sorry. I always cry at murders. Well, can I poke him in the old nasty old spinach face? Anthony! No! Where's the will? Everybody calm down. Now, Mr. Meeks and I were together when this happened, and we heard Mr. Wembley in the basement. When we got here, the door was locked, and when we busted in, there was no one in the room. Who would do such a dreadful thing? Who in the right mind could have shucked his corn? How could that ever happen? I plan to find that out, but right now, as far as I'm concerned, the five of you are suspect. Oh, no! Unbelievable! I'm no killer! I would never do such a thing! Shut your lying lips! I want all of you to return to your quarters. I suggest none of you attempt to leave the premises. Well, you can't tell me what to do, Cornelius! All right. Who else needs a hush punch? <laughs> now that I've proven I'm alpha dog around here, Mr. Wembley, call Detective O'Malley at the 10th Precinct and ask him to get here as soon as possible. Very good, sir. I'll dispatch a mimeograph by bat immediately. Everyone, please go back to your rooms. We will meet in the injury hall in one hour. I need to wrap up my investigation of the murder scene. Mr. Meeks, could you stick around? I may need your help. I just can't get past it, Dick. How did someone get into a locked room and murder Mr. Von Baum? It's unbelievable. Well, Mr. Meeks, during my adventures as the fifth dimensional man, I've seen many things, and getting through a locked door wouldn't be the most surprising. So, Mr. Meeks, is it really true that Von Baum had no son? Well, there... there has been rumors. He had a son with fair hair and a lazy eye. Killed he was. Rock Hudson could have spent hours running his clubbed fingers through his golden locks. And wouldn't a son want to come back to claim his inheritance, even as a ghost? Oh. Uh. 
What? Are you a ghost, Mr. Meeks? Are you the ghost child of Mr. Von Baum? No, why would you even think such a thing? Oh, are you insane? Why did you punch me? <laughs> well, I was just checking. It's a scientifically proven fact that you can't punch a ghost. Therefore, you, Mr. Meeks, are not a ghost. My god! Genius! Your powers of deduction astound me, Mr. Dynamo. Dick, the analysis is complete. Here are the results. What does it say, Dick? Read it. Yes. These are the two clues I need to bust this case wide open. Mr. Meeks, summon the guests into the entry hall. I'll catch right up with you after I take a few photos of the crime scene with my briefcase. Oh, Mr. Wimbley, do get off Mr. Bomb Bomb's body! Come with me and gather the others. Your eyes are so weary. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. May fairies nest in your ear holes. This is nonsense that they didn't even keep us here. I don't even know anymore. I didn't do this. Calm down, everyone. Mr. Dynamo will be with us shortly. Is everyone accounted for? Uh, I'm not sure. I think so. Is everyone? Wait a minute. Tex isn't here. That billionaire bastard. He's been acting queer all night. Well, I bet he did it. He did it. He did it. And Tex did it. I don't trust Tex. I'm sure it was him. Mr. Wimbley, could you please fetch Tex Bullhoss? I'm sorry, sir, but I'm too busy coating these floors with baby oil, lest the house starts chafing. All right, calm down. I'm back. I would like you to meet Detective O'Malley. All right, Dick. Who's the killer? Everyone keep her, I can see you. I got a cold cell waiting for that murdering lowlife. I don't see any point in keeping everyone in suspense. The murderer is... Look up there! It's a shadow! It's moving around up on the stairs! Look out! The giant chandelier is falling! Look, Dick, on the second floor! It's a shadow! O'Malley, quickly, follow me! Oh, Han Bakora! Mother Mary, an Irishman isn't built to run stairs. Dick, this way, down the hall. I saw him go to the left. Come on, O'Malley! Save preservice. I saw him go through this door. It's locked. Wait, Dick. This is Tex Bullhouse's room. He never showed up for the meeting in the entry hall. He tried to kill us with that chandelier. Wait. Everyone calm down. Let's not jump to conclusions. Stand back, everyone! O'Malley! Help me break down the door! Oh, he's so pale! His head is as flat as a pancake! Look, Dick! Mr. Bullhoss! He's dead! Well, Quint, it looks to be an open and shut case. It appears your killer has committed suicide. He just couldn't handle the guilt of killing old Van Baum. Well, that makes sense. Since he failed to kill us with the chandelier, he had no choice but to do away with himself. I know that's how it appears. 
but that's what someone wants us to think. Every one of you here has a motive for killing Mr. Von Baum. Oh my, this is going to take a while. I'm going to go fetch some bedpans. I guess I should start with the brother. Oh, well, what motivation could I have? Yes, Percy. I did some digging around, and it seems that you estranged your brother when he wouldn't fund your all-male musical, Men Ahoy, Pirate Boy. And you vowed to Christopher that you would get your revenge. What? No, I, I would never. Oh no, the lights are off. Oh, the lights are back on again. O'Malley, it's okay. You can take your hand off your gun. I'm sorry, Quint. It always rattles me nerves when the lights go out. Well, let's move on to Miss Margot. Interesting thing, 40 years ago, she had her choice between the Von Baum estate and the land that is currently hers. What she didn't know is the topsoil on the Von Baum side was ten times richer. This has always made her angry. Perhaps angry enough to murder? What? No! I would never think of it! Oh, my mom would never do a thing like that! Mister, you need to shut your mouth! Somebody turned off the lights. Somebody turned the lights back on. O'Malley, you can holster your gun. Keep your nerves about you. Uh, just thinking about being stuck in the dark with the killer on the loose. And now, finally, we come to Mr. Von Baum's mystery child. Now, Von Baum's direct descendant would want to come back to claim his inheritance. Surely... He would kill anyone that stood in his way. Even the grave couldn't hold him from claiming his birthright. Oh my, the lights have always been faulty in this room. Going on and off like that. Well, it looks like I've brought four bedpans too many. It'll be long pig for dinner tonight. Oh, good God, Mary. I've shot them all. They're all dead. It's okay, O'Malley. None of them were the killer. Ah, Lord. Beelzebub must surely have a place for me now. And now, to reveal the killer... It was Servobot 5000! Curses, Big Dynamo. You have foiled my deception program. How did you know? It couldn't be anybody else. After carefully examining the body, I noticed huge, oily claw marks on his neck and face. Also, there was a giant 8-foot tall hole in the wall. Similar to the one you just made when you crashed in here. Not to mention, it would take a robot of great strength to lift that 800-pound safe and crush Mr. Bullhoss's head. You will never catch me in functioning order. Quick, Crint! He's headed for the window! I can't catch him! He has incredible machine-like speed! Quick! It's getting closer to the window! This 
chair's in the way! Hurry, move the chair! There's no time! I'll have to break it! It's too late! It leapt out the window. That's one robot who's gone to meet its manufacturer. What's going on? Jesus, Mary and Joseph. The house is making screamy baby noises. The child weeps for its mother. What are you talking about? It started innocently enough around 50 years ago when Von Baum was a strapping young lad with thumb thighs and a proud buttocks. Now check out this model right here. It's our top-of-the-line maidbot. If you're looking for a maidbot that will cater to all of your household needs, look no further. It mops, dusts, moves furniture, and it will watch your kids while you're on holiday. Well, it seems awfully tall. It must be at least eight foot tall. That's no problem. All you need to do is widen the doorways on that blueprint of your new house, and you're ready to go. I'll take one. So, the master brought the robot to his summer cottage by the sea, and immediately put it to work. Well, Robert, I'm off to work. I've made a checklist punch card for your chores while I'm gone. I expect nothing but perfection. Initiating cleaning program. Yes, yes, yes. Nothing but perfection. And perfection it gave beyond his wildest dreams. Over that magical summer, the seeds of romance blossomed. No, let me get the chair for you, Robert. <laughs> you are truly invaluable to me. You've performed your daily tasks and chores flawlessly. And tonight you've cooked me this wonderful meal. But there's one more thing I require of you. Awaiting input. Love me. Love me. Love me. I already do. Many days of happiness followed the new lovers. They picked berries in the forest and rode horses by the sea. But then one day on the beach, sobering reality visited the fantasy world. Does this bathing suit make me look fat? No! You look gorgeous. Come sit by me in the tide. Salt water will void my warranty, my love. Focus your photoreceptors on my eyes. I just realized something. While we may have today, you must understand that I will wither and grow old someday. I will be dead by the time your warranty expires. There is one process by which we can remain together forever. And so, the process was performed repeatedly. Nine months later. Well, I, I don't know what's going on here, but your robot seems to be sick, sir. I've never seen bolts bulge like that before. Well... I'm gonna have to open up the main access hatch to relieve the pressure. <laughs>
Breathe, breathe, dear. Breathe. Remember your Lamas. Breathe. I love you. Wait, something's coming out of the hatch. You're never gonna believe this. It's a tiny mansion. Yes, the baby had arrived. It was a bouncing baby mansioned. After disposing of the mechanic, the master purchased a plot of land in the hills where the child mansion could thrive without the judging eyes of society. But what the master and his lava could not foresee was how the mansion would eventually tear their love apart. You missed Junior's escrow today? Well, if you were at work all day, you would have missed it too. Who do you think pays for this land our child lives on? When we had this child, we made a commitment to one another. Yeah, yeah. Well, this commitment has grown old and rusty, like your hatch. I feel like I don't even know you anymore. Shut up, you pile of scrub. Shut up, you pile of scrub. Does that make you feel like a big man yelling at your robot mate, Al? You made me do that. I didn't want to hit you, but you forced me. You forced me. Don't ever hit me. Especially inside of the child. Fine! Fine! Go then! I'm better off without you. You'll never be able to find anything else to care for our child, clean, and prepare food for consumption like I do. And that's when he hired me. It's been difficult taking care of this terrible temper tantrum throwing child. As the mansion's body has grown massive over the years, its mind has remained childlike. This damn half-witted child mansion has been... Mr. Dynamo, why are you dumping gasoline on me? Well, well you've been rambling on like a dame at a hair salon. O'Malley and I have been basing this haunted mansion in petrol. Aye, this monstrosity is a moat in God's eye. You're soaking the room in Vaseline! Stop! Burn, baby, burn. Ah! No! Ah! Ah! The man is burning! Ah! O'Malley! These flames are engulfing us! Out the window! Well, O'Malley, that's another notary gone bad. You know, I'll say this. We all thought that butler was crazy, but he turned out to be the sanest one of all. Hearts and stars and bars and cars and Oh, my God.
Rogers, Arkansas. All the important stuff is done by John Baker, Eldon Calgar, Anthony Myers, Brent Cottrell, and the woman is J.C. Dalton. And special thanks to Holly Metcalf for her work on this episode. And make sure to check out DickDynamo.com for more Dick Dynamo action and updates. Classical and brand new audio dramas through the Mutual Audio Network. Subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or iHeartRadio today. There's eight different podcasts, one for each day of the week and genre. And the Mutual Audio Network broadcast feed so you don't miss a day of your favorite shows. Subscribe to Mutual Audio tonight. Good night.